All right, good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is July 20th, 2021. It's good to have you with us here as we continue our catechesis through the book of Acts. We'll be in chapter 22 and also the book of Romans. Um, our teachers are here for work day today, so uh, it's a little bit of a torture test for the network. <laughs> we'll see how well it goes. Um, they all have uh, new uh, laptops. They were all desktop users. Now they're laptop users, uh, new technology here at the school, and thus all those laptops have been connected at once and have never been used before. And so they are downloading and uploading and saturating our connection. So hopefully um, the stream will work. Looks to be okay at the moment. Um, but if it gets a little blocky, uh, well, so it is you hopefully will still be able to hear me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, from thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, we say our memory verse for this week. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6 verse 23. Our psalm is Psalm 119, beginning in verse 113. I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield, I hope in your word. Depart from me, you evildoers, that I may keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to your promise, that I may live. And let me not be put to shame in my hope. Hold me up, that I may be safe and have regard for your statutes continually. You spurn all who go astray from your statutes, for their cunning is in vain. All the wicked of the earth you discard like dross, therefore I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. I have done what is just and right. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Give your servants a pledge of good. Let not the insolent oppress me. My eyes long for your salvation and for the fulfillment of your righteous promise. Deal with your servant according to your steadfast love, and teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. It is time for the Lord to act, for your law has been broken. Therefore I love your commandments above gold, above fine gold. Therefore I consider all your precepts to be right. I hate every false way. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning is now, and will be forever. Amen. Just looking at uh, our bandwidth issue here, and I'm seeing uh, I'm not real happy with where, where it lies at the moment. Ah, uh, but so it is. Okay. Again, even if you can't see, you can listen. So here, um, the first reading from Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be affectionate to one another with brotherly love. 
in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink, for in so doing you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Much like we talked about on Sunday with the book of Hebrews, and when we were in chapter 13 in the book of Hebrews, uh, note how the instructions to the congregation come only come after a lengthy uh, preaching and teaching on who Jesus is for you and what he has done uh, to make you his own and to redeem you, to justify you, to forgive you. All right? And only after all of that um, does Paul set um, before the congregation the way, a way of life, which is then, of course, a life that is lived by faith in the Son. And so he can, he can speak more um, directly, I suppose, uh, either with these hortatory subjunctives, which we talked about on Sunday, but also uh, with these imperatives, because Christ has established his church and he has drawn you into it um, and has made you his own and will use you as his instrument. Right? So he's simply telling uh, Christians to be who they are, actually, already in Christ. All right. And our reading for catechesis is from Acts chapter 22, beginning in verse 17. Now it happened when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple that I was in a trance and saw him saying to me, Make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. So I said, Lord, they know that in every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those who believe on you. And when the blood of the martyr, your martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by, consenting to his death and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then he said to me, Depart. For I will send you far from here to the Gentiles. And they listened to him until this word, and then they raised their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for he is not fit to live. Then, as they cried out and tore off their clothes and threw dust into the air, the commander ordered him to be brought into the barracks and said that he should be examined under scourging, so that he might know why they shouted so against him. And as they bound him with thongs, Paul said to the centurion who stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and uncondemned? When the centurion heard that, he went and told the commander, saying, Take care what you do, for this man is a Roman. Then the commander came and said to me, Tell me, are you a Roman? He said, Yes. The commander answered, With a large sum I obtained this citizenship. And Paul said, but I was born a citizen. Then immediately, those who were about to examine him withdrew from him, and the commander was also afraid after he found out that he was a Roman because he had bound him. And there ends the reading. 
Okay, again, apologies if you're trying to watch. Hopefully um, you can hear me just fine and uh, the video will resume on its own uh, eventually. I'll just take a look here what's going on, if you don't mind. And uh, yeah, it should be okay. I don't know. So some questions. Uh, what had happened when Paul came to Jerusalem after his conversion? Remember, he was in the midst of uh, recalling his story of his conversion. And he says, um, he returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple and was in a trance. All right. Uh, while praying, that is, uh, completely distracted by his prayers. And then Jesus spoke to him, telling him to leave Jerusalem quickly. All right. Uh, what's You know what the literal meaning of, of the word trance is? It, it, it simply means, especially from the Greek here, to stand uh, beside oneself. To stand beside oneself, right? Um, so a trance could be a distraction, a confusion, it could be astonishment, it could be terror. Uh, it can refer to the ecstasy, which seems to be the state um, here being brought about by God, that he's, he's drawn into the, into the heavens, so to speak. Um, now, St. Luke does use this term to be in a trance in other places, so let's go through some of them, because uh, you may, have not, may not have caught those, and it depends on how it's translated, right? Um, so, in Luke 5, 26, um, this is uh, with the Pharisees, which is easier to say, Right, your sins are forgiven you, arise up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go into your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took what had been he had been lying on, departing to his own departed to his own house, and glorifying God. And they were all amazed. All right. So again, this is the ecstasis, right? To be in a trance. And they glorified God and were filled with fear. Right, so amazement there is that same word. Um, he's used it in the Book of Acts frequently so far. Again, may not have caught it depending on how it's translated. Um, remember when uh, Peter healed uh, the paralyzed man who was sitting by the gate, right? And that was the gate called Beautiful, um, who had been lame from his mother's womb. I should say he was lame. Uh, he, the the formerly lame man, leaped up stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with, guess what? With wonder, that's thombos, and amazement. There it is, the ecstasis of what had happened to him. All right. How about another one here? Uh, Acts 10. So this, this word of being in a trance or being amazed is interesting. Um, then he became very hungry. Uh, who is this? Remind me here. Yeah, this is Peter, right? Remember he has the vision. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and he saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound with four corners. Remember that story? All right. So there's that same word, that ecstasis. All right. Um, and how about one more in the next chapter, Acts 11. Uh, let's see, this is, again, with Peter, um, this is when he recalls the same story, right? Okay, there it is. And he began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon him, as upon us at the beginning. Oh, here it is. Uh, I was in the city Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. All right, so there you go. Some notable examples there. 
In Luke, it refers, so this term has referred to, to summarize, the uh, crowd's reaction to Jesus forgiving the sins of the paralyzed man and then healing him. Uh, They were all besides themselves that the Son of Man had authority on earth to forgive sins. The same reaction happened there in Acts 3 when Peter healed the lame man in the name of Jesus, and he and John had gone up into the temple to pray at the ninth hour. And then as we saw with Peter's vision in Acts 10 and 11, he falls into a trance and has a vision of the clean and unclean animals while praying at the sixth hour. All right, so let's ask ourselves the question then, what's the connection between the trance of Peter, which we saw in Acts 10 and 11, and now that of Paul, right? Okay, the key here is they're in a trance, but neither of them have wild visions, but rather they're ecstatic moments, kind of mind out of body, if you like, um, actually are very rational thoughts connected with the preaching of the gospel in relation to their prayers. In other words, both Peter and Paul, despite having these visions, actually know exactly what the visions mean and what their vision is directing them uh, to do, right? Okay. Um, so, in, this tra- in his trance, why was Paul to leave the temple that day? Well, it's very, it's very clear here in verse 18, they will not receive your testimony concerning me, right? Concerning Jesus. Of course, Paul says, um, that's not a surprise, right? Yeah, Lord, uh, they know that in every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those who believe on you, right? On the way, uh, even guarding the clothes of Stephen, see? All right, we mentioned that when we had the stoning of Stephen, that Paul stood by um, holding the cloak, right? And here he reminds us, he was there, he consented to the death of Stephen. So no wonder they don't trust him. So what did the Lord say to Paul? Yeah, I will send you far away from here to the Gentiles. Uh, How did the crowd react now at this point? He's told the whole story of his conversion. They said, away with this fellow from the earth, for it is not fit for him to live. And then they tore off their clothes and threw dust into the air. <laughs> All right, blasphemy, right? And, you know, what? It, it's not just blasphemy, but uh, it's actually judgment, right? Because Paul has said now that the Lord has in, indicated that the Jews would reject him and that the Gentiles would receive him, right? So th- not only is it blasphemy, but it's actually coupled with that, a rejection uh, of them, because they've rejected Jesus. Um, now, what's the the meaning of them uh, tearing off their clothes and throwing dust into the air? All right, these can be penitential signs, right? We've seen that before, um, being in sackcloth and ashes, right? Dust and, and tearing of one's clothes. Um, so the, these are marking again their offense. That Paul's suggestion is uh, blasphemous. But really, what have they done? They've rejected the God of Abraham. Um, in favor of the, un- or the God had rejected them, these children of Abraham, in favor of the unclean Gentiles, right? Um, and also, I think you might connect it to their baptism, you know, the garments of baptism, and also the dust is where uh, all man uh, returned to upon death. All right, so what does the uh, commander order? It says there that Paul be scourged, right? And brought into the brought into the barracks and scourged, that he might know why they shouted so against him. Right, and so they bound Paul uh, with thongs. That's you know leather. Um, but what did Paul ask the centurion who stood by? Curiously enough, right? Uh, is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and uncondemned? Of course, Paul knows. 
<laughs> so now the commander goes and warns, um, or the centurion goes and warns the commander, right? Take care because Paul is a Roman. Uh, and if you unjustly uh, punish a Roman citizen, there's going to be hell to pay. All right. Um, how had the commander become a Roman citizen? Yeah, with a large sum. We see that in verse 28. Right? How did Paul become a Roman citizen? Verse 28 as well, by birth. All right, so everybody now is afraid of the Romans, right? Because now they've got a citizen, um, and he actually now can accuse them of unjustly binding him and scourging him. Yeah. Okay, a meditation then on the text. While the ecstatic prophets of the false gods would at times be in a heightened emotional state that resulted in all sorts of irrational behavior, the ecstasy of the Lord causes one to marvel at the gift of God has given us in Christ Jesus. Both in Peter and Paul's trances, um, they have their thoughts turned to the Lord and his words, not to their own opinions in these matters. So worship is properly ecstatic when we are focused on the deeds of Christ. When they, uh, when then, or excuse me, for then, we are besides ourselves. That is, no longer consumed with our own selves and our own deeds, but centered upon the receiving the gifts of Christ. Our ecstasy is not our heightened emotional condition generated by rhythmic music or powerful emotional languages and experiences. But the joy, our ecstasy, is the joy of the message that our sins are forgiven, that we may be raised from death to life. Paul had been set apart to give the gifts of the gospel to the nations of the earth, but the Jews would not hear him. So also there are still those who reject the ecstasy of forgiveness of sins for the pleasures of fading emotional experiences. Yet we take comfort for our citizenship is in heaven. All right, very good. We continue with our catechism for this week, the sacrament of the altar. What is the sacrament of the altar? It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ under the bread and wine instituted by Christ himself for us Christians to eat and to drink. Where is this written? The Holy Evangelist Matthew, Mark, Luke, and St. Paul write, Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. What is the benefit of this eating and drinking? These words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, show us that in the sacrament, forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation are given us through these words. For where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life, and salvation. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, by your own words, you have instituted the Lord's Supper, teaching us to believe that it is your true body and blood under the bread and wine for us Christians to eat and to drink. We give thanks to you for this precious gift. Give us true faith in your words that we might receive your body and blood for the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation as you have promised. In your holy name we pray. Amen. We pray on this Tuesday for deliverance against temptation and evil, for the addicted and despairing, for the tortured and oppressed, and for those struggling with sin. We pray on this July 20th and Thanksgiving with John, Ashton, and Brandon, who all celebrate their baptism, with Greg and Sharon, who celebrate their anniversary, with Tyler and Elizabeth, who rejoice in the gift of marriage, 
We pray also for those who are ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Tristan, Marcella, Jeremy, Kelsey, Amanda, John, Timothy, and Janice, Sandy, and Ken, our homebound Bev, David, Roy, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey, the missions and mercy work of the church, especially Compassion International. We pray in intercession for the preservation and increase of our faith, as well as for the sister congregations of our circuit. And we continue to pray with Jim, who grieves the death of his brother Roy. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Prayer collect for this week. O God, whose never-failing providence orders all things both in heaven and earth, we humbly implore you to put away from us all hurtful things and to give us those things that are profitable for us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, I think we can sing the hymn today. Let's do it. Oh, Lord. 
Lord, in hardest stress. O God, in mercy, cheer us. Our Savior saw our helplessness and came with peace to cheer us. For this sweet It's so good to have you all with us here today for our congregation of prayer. I see you checking in there, Grace, Karen, Don and Karen, Gus and Eileen. Uh, you can join us each morning, of course, for congregation at prayer. And uh, we'll see you again tomorrow at uh, 9 a.m., God willing. See you then.